Hello and welcome to Kiwi Rider Podcast, New Zealand's premier motorcycling podcast made by Kiwi Riders for Kiwi Riders. My name's Ray Heron. Joining me this episode, the one, the only, he's got a beard and glasses, it's Matthew Day Gillard. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a nice apt description. <laughs> he's got a beard and glasses and, and people, I got asked during the week actually, why don't you grow a beard? Everyone in the office has got a beard. And I said... I'm not allowed. Oh, see, I'm not allowed to shave my off. <laughs> really? Yeah, I'm growing it out as long as I can to see at what point the wife gets um, fed up with it. I think I might crack before she does. <laughs> Good conversation to kick off a podcast. Coming up this show, we've got a conversation with uh, a very well-known New Zealand rally driver. She's is she trading the t- four wheels in for two? We'll find out later in the show. News on the Hunter Cub. Benelli bringing a new bike. The Burt Munro has been announced. The TT2000 has been announced. And Auckland's number one parking ticket officer has been revealed. It's all coming up in the news. Let's get into it. Kicking the news off is um, news out from uh, local Honda dealers, specifically uh, down your way, Ray, at uh, the City Honda dealership in the Manawatu. Uh, they have confirmed, rather than Blue Wing Honda, the uh, importer, who's very silent on the matter, but we're getting the CC125 Hunter Cup. Um, and if you don't know... Oh, and that's coming from our resident small bore lover. Yeah, um, don't know if I'd be particularly keen on owning one. Is this the one we talked about earlier in the year and it's a little bit adventure off-road type style? Yes, that's the one. So if you remember the old uh, posty bikes that uh, the local New Zealand Post posties used to ride around on, those are a CT110 and they have uh, been out of production for uh, quite some time now and they've kind of gathered a bit of a cult following. Uh, my dad has one, in fact. He uses it to ride from um, just outside of Whangamataa into town to go to work. It's his daily ride. Um, he's got a Triumph 1050 and a Nissan Navara Ute, but uh, his go-to is the CT110. But anyway, this is the successor. So picture this, your posty bike in your um in your mental mind the array. Um, what does it have? It's got a red frame. It has a fuel tank under the seat, uh, a nice big scrambler pipe coming off the underslung engine, uh, two, I believe, 19-inch wheels, and um, get this, a price tag, $6,695 plus GST, which rounds out to $7,699 for a 125cc Honda. That's kind of cool. So it's got a single seat. It's got rear luggage rack I can see in the photos. It's got the exhaust. It almost looks like they've taken the exhaust off the uh, the Indian FTR and slammed it on the side of a Honda. Uh, front and rear disc brakes. I don't know about previous models if they had that. And one big round headlight on the front. Yeah, and all LED lighting as well, which is a big upgrade. It doesn't look like a whole lot to grip onto with your knees when you're standing up and, like, I'm looking at the photo that you've got on throttle.co.nz. Head to the website and check out the photos and all the specs. It doesn't look like there's a whole lot to grip onto while you're standing up like that dude is. No, so it's based off the CT125 Cub, um, which is a just straight out scooter. Um, it's got the scooter fairing, it's quite styly, and Honda New Zealand been bringing those in for a little bit. Um, but this is obviously the adventure version, and um, it's the one, let's face it, everyone's actually wanted. Nobody really wants a CT125 Cup, they want the Hunter Cup, the one that actually looks cool. Because um, it's just so, I, I don't know, there's something about it that does look very appealing. It's very function over form. Very cool bike. The price though, seven six nine nine um, plus on road costs, of course, as well. On top of that, yeah, it's 
a lot of money. Yeah, a very, very cool bike. It's got a bash plate. Oh, yeah. And the air intake's actually up underneath the uh, luggage rack. So basically, as long as your butt's not wet, the bike's not going to suck um, water into the engine. Yeah, yeah, so that's right up on top of the rear wheel. So as long as you don't go 19 inches deep, you should be fine, right? Yeah, pretty much. Um, but yeah, it's again, the, the price is a bit of a sticking point for me. Um, I own a Honda. I like small bore things. Um, but my bike brand new was 7000 uh, not 7000 mine was $9,250 back in 2017 when it came out. I got mine for basically, well, for seven and a half grand, slightly, uh, slightly used and abused. Um, and yeah, 7699 plus on-road costs for half the engine. Um, it's, yeah, it's a bit quizzical for me, but hey, who knows, maybe... Uh, We'll see a whole lot of these all of a sudden splurge out. Maybe the New Zealand Post will get rid of those weird electric four-wheeler things and go back to the good old posty bike. Wouldn't that be a thing? Question before we move on. Would you have the Honda Ronda Red or would you have the uh, kind of khaki grey? Oh, see, I kind of think everyone would go for the red. Um, the grey is cool, but I honestly, I think you'd have to go red, wouldn't you? It's a stunning red. It's a really nice red. Yeah, it's a really nice bike, eh? And they've been made in Thailand for a while. Um, production for the global market starting very soon, according to City Honda. Again, uh, Blue Wing Honda, I've not been able to get uh, any word out of them officially, but City Honda have said it is coming. They are taking orders. So uh, hit up your local Honda dealership if you like the idea of a modern CT. Next on the list, we've got a new Lambs bike that we can choose from, and it's uh, it's Italian, right? It's not a Lambs bike, surprisingly. That's the one special difference. It's Benelli's first non-Lambs bike, uh, the new Benelli 752S, um, which looks a little bit like a Ducati Monster if you look at it uh, from a few angles. It's uh, definitely got that Italian styling going. 752S, is that the... Displacement? Uh, displacement 750 cc's, but um, right. you know how Europeans are. They like to round up to the nearest, like, not five or ten. But, yeah, they like to round up a couple of extra numbers for effect. Right, so my mistake, I, I thought it was a, a Lambs bike because we were talking before we came on uh, about comparing this to an MT-07. Um, it's very, if you looked at it side on without knowing what it was, I would say very current model SV650 but with more bling yeah I kind of just look at it and I see uh, just yeah the shape of the headlights it's almost a cross between say an MV Augusta Brutale and a SV650 um, but parallel twin parallel twin engine uh, pumping out one horsepower more than the full power MT07 uh, so that comes out as bum bada bum 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 uh, 75 horsepower or 56 kilowatts um, and peak torque is 67 newton meters um, which is actually less than a full power MT-07 because MT monster torque um, but it's a stunning bike uh, Brembo brakes as standard 50 millimeter Marzocchi forks naked sport right is what it classes as yeah naked sport spot yeah I'd class it as a naked sport stunning looking bike yeah and I've ridden a few Benelli's beautiful LCD TFT display yeah all LED lighting uh, just like the Honda we just talked about because hey it's oh it's got a gorgeous headlight too that headlight is stunning yeah it is a hell of a good looking bike I think um only downside I've been able to um pick out of it is it's a little bit heavy for what it is um it weighs in at 
217 kilos dry. Uh, so you got to add in. Does look like a front rower. Yeah. So it's um, yeah, it's a bit of a stocky bike, but I think that's part and parcel of the styling as well. Um, and again, um, coming from Benelli. Um, these guys, they don't make, like, they make absolutely gorgeous bikes, but they don't make them out of uh, unobtainium metals. Um, they make them for real people. Um, so the price is the biggest thing, uh, big win here. 13 and a half grand. Um, you're looking at 30. New Zealand dollars shipped? Yep. New on the road? Uh, plus on road costs, but $13,499 is the official price um, that uh, Urban Moto Imports, who are the guys that uh, distribute these bikes in New Zealand, have slapped on this thing. So that's bloody, really, really sharply priced. Brembo brakes, as I said, massive, massive front fork, monoshock rear. Again, photos are up on onthrottle.co.nz. Uh, you've got two colours there. You've got, uh, again, Ronda Racing Red uh, and uh, Kermit Green. Yeah, they call it uh, Verde for the green, uh, Nero for the black, Bianco for white and Rosso for red because, let's face it, they're Italian. they got to call uh, Red Rosso. Um, yeah, I think they're, it's a really, really appealing looking bike. I love the trellis frame. I, you know, I'm, I'm in two minds about that uh, rear wheel hugger. Uh, if I had the choice of that or that massive um, kind of tail thing that comes on the MT-07s, I'd rather the rear wheel hugger, but I, uh, I don't like them massively. I, I wouldn't walk out and say I like them. I love the, um, the trellis frame. I reckon they could have uh, put a new color on that and, and kind of made a thing of that. Well, then one thing I don't like, one more thing, uh, is the, the the integrated main and pillion seat. It's one piece. Yeah, see, that doesn't worry me. I always find those banana seats, uh, I don't know why they're called banana seats or why people refer to them, but um, I always find them quite comfy if you're the main rider. Um, but yeah, I, honestly, the rear hugger, that, it's never bothered me, um, really. like they, It seems to be a thing that's very Italian, very in vogue, um, and... Yeah, I, they, yeah, it doesn't any harm to my eyes. Um, again, yeah, I agree with you. Love the trellis frame. There's just something really cool about a trellis, eh? It's very industrial, very chic. Um, I quite like the exhaust as well. Um, I, I don't like how it kind of extends right up, but it's very, um, it's very kind of uh, sucked in. It's almost like it's it's sucking its guts in this bike. Yeah, it's quite unique looking, I believe, um, for me. Um, anyway, it'd be interesting if you wanted to put a uh, aftermarket pipe on that um, on the 752S. Um, you'd probably have to take it from well underneath, and you'd need some custom brackets or something. But it'll be very interesting to see what happens. Um, but yes, yeah, so uh, thirteen thousand four hundred and ninety dollars plus on-road costs is the price of this bike. Um, have a gander at it. Um, jump on the Benelli website, Benelli. I think it's BenelliMotorcycles.co.nz. Um, if you like the look of it, you can pre-order it, or they are going to arrive in the country in about October. Overall, a win though. Definitely not an ugly bike. Oh hell no! Now let's hope that 2021 is not like 2020, where everything got cancelled. Uh, the Burt Munro dates have been locked in for 2021. Yeah, this is exciting news. It's something I've always wanted to do, and um, every year I say I'm going to do the Burt. This year I'm going to go do the Burt. Haven't managed it yet. I've only been saying that uh, it's about 2000 and. 
2010, 2012, so maybe eight to ten years. Um, it's uh, officially going to be back for the 15th year um, because um, there was the one year where they did miss it uh, when they changed it from a November to a February date. Uh, next year it will be held the week of the uh, 10th to 14th of February 2021. And it's quite refreshing, really, isn't it, to um, have an event as big as the BERT in the world of uh, COVID-19 uh, scheduled to uh, basically keep the uh, southern economy afloat. Are there many internationals that come for the BERT? Uh, usually there's a lot of guys that come for, say, the street race, speedway. I guess that's something that's going to hurt a lot of events like the BERT and the uh, the Wanganui Street Race, um, things like that, where you know Cemetery Circuit, where the internationals they usually have a couple of big names that come. Yeah, in. true. Um, but then again, I'll, my always feeling with the Bert is it's not really so much about the internationals and the big names coming. In. It's about celebrating um, a bloke from who worked away in his shed in the South Island and uh, took on the world. So it's a very Kiwi-focused event. Now you got things like the Bluff Hill Climb, uh, Street Race in the McCargill Speedway, uh, Drag Racing has recently come here, and of course there is the uh, Beach Race, um, which um, I believe may actually be in threat in coming years because there's a bit of a um, petition going around to stop vehicles um, on Oreti Beach down there. And That was an interesting beach. When I first moved to Invercargill, uh, I drove down this road, I'm heading south, I'm driving, I'm driving, I'm driving, and then the road stops, but you carry on, and you it's, it was the first time I encountered a beach with a road that takes you to the beach, you know, <laughs> there's no big car park and turnaround or, and no big bollards, you literally just drive off the road, you keep going straight and you're on the beach, <laughs> it's an amazing beach, Oriti Beach. Yeah, I believe there's um something to do with the local um, seafood, and uh, if you know anything about bluff and um, Invercargo uh, oysters and stuff like that so uh, rather big down there oh my mouth's just watering at the thought of it um, but yeah there's something to do with uh, protecting local uh, wildlife and uh, limiting beach access um, but yeah anyway back to the Burt Monroe so 15th year of racing uh, there's going to be uh, here's some of the highlights so uh, Southland Honda are going to host a have a go day on Wednesday the 10th at Teratonga the Burt Monroe rally so that's where you show up and camp out uh, runs all the way through um, and that's at Oreti Park that's what I'd really got, love to go down there but it's Essentially, I'd need to put down at least 10 days uh, to ride down from Cambridge, go down to Invercargill, do the bird, and then take the scenic way home um, over a few days. Mm, she's a big ride. Yeah. But, Especially when you've got two kids at home. Yeah, big big, big village to South Island, I yeah, understand. Um, a bit bigger than the, South, uh, the North Island to get around. Uh, Harley-Davidson Twilight Drag Racing on the uh, 11th of February. Indian Motorcycle New Zealand Beach Racing Champs on Friday at the 12th of February E. Hayes and Sons Teratonga Sprint Race E. Hayes and Sons by the way uh, that's the hardware store in Invercargill where you can actually see Burt Monroe's actual world's fastest Indian yeah there used to be a hammer hardware and I used to voice their ads E. Hayes and Sons hammer hardware <laughs> been in the business for longer than you can remember on D Street <laughs> yeah so those um, those guys have Burt's actual bike and it's absolutely epic they've also got a model there so you can actually you can, um, in amongst all the nuts and bolts and saws and things 
things um, they've got a model that you can actually sit in and get a photo um, which is a very yeah they've got a they've, they've got a lot of bikes down there actually you would be forgiven for thinking that it was a bike museum it's, it is a hardware store but there's probably 10 or 15 bikes in that shop oh yeah at least well there was last time I was there anyway yeah um, so anyway after that um, on the Saturday uh, already I can't pronounce this I think it's Sevright Oriti Park Parkmaster Speedway Speedway from 3pm on Saturday and the Honda Invercargill Street Races at 9am on Sunday the 14th of February which is Drive Invercargill so register now BurtmanRoadChallenge.co.nz it's a cracking event eh? and it's so good to hear it coming back next year for all the information as for the other two stories we've given you in the news so far head to onthrottle.co.nz so uh, the next one coming up, Ray, um, you could almost link this in the Burtman Road Challenge together, couldn't you? Pretty much. The TT2000 is back for 2021. Uh, it's a long-distance motorcycle rally. What is it? Basically, there's a, a, a Google map with 40, 50, 60... Uh, points of interest you get points for each one of those points of interest you visit get a photo with your bike and your t-shirt and your date stamp it and whatever Uh, and you have to cover 2,000 kilometers and get back to the finishing point by I think it's six o'clock on the last day Uh, it's a it's a hell of a lot of fun 2,000 k's and a whole bunch of points uh, over two days from the 19th or three days 19th to the 21st of February 2021 the TT 2000 is on Uh, I sent a message through to um, one Ben Wilkins and said, are you keen? He goes, yes, what are the dates? Uh, but he's booked already, so he won't be doing that. I might have to find, <laughs> might have, to find another rider to come and join me. Excuses. Exactly. <laughs> to be fair, I would totally do it, but I don't think I'd want to do it on Rosie the Rally. 2,000 Ks on Rosie would be hard work. To be fair, she needs to, uh, needs to get up and go and needs to get out there and uh, burn a few Ks on her wheels. But, um, yeah, that that seat would be problematic after about the first uh, 400 K. So last year, the TT2000 uh, was the first year in a few years that they had a decent leg uh, or a decent route you could do around the North Island as well as the South Island. Um, the points of interest haven't been revealed yet, but the dates, as I said, 19th to the 21st of February 2021. For more information, tt 2 2000.org. Simple as that. And our final news story this week, Auckland Transport Parking Warden issues 14,000 tickets and earns the title of Auckland Council number one parking warden. How much were those tickets worth? $744,000. That's a fair few. <laughs> in just 13 months on the job, they t- they they issued 14,000 tickets, and uh, well, $744,000 in the council's coffers just for parking tickets. That's wow! Imagine if you got a 10% cut of that, like. <laughs> <laughs> you would be wondering, eh? Like parking wardens, what do they get out? Do they just get paid a salary or do they get some form of bonus? They're just on a salary, unfortunately. Um, I have a family member who's a uh, long-time parking warden in Auckland. Um, he loves it because he just gets to walk around and talk to people all day. It's like the best job ever for him. But yeah, they're, they're not paid yeah, big dollars. Um, but you'd think that they're worth it if they're bringing that much money to the council. Imagine all the roadwork signs they can make with 700 grand. Down here in Wellington, uh, they seem very inconsistent. Uh, lower Cuba Street, below Courtney Place, it's kind of a semi-car, semi-pedestrian shared zone. And there's uh, like one lane of traffic, it's one way down the middle, and there's parking on either side, and then outside that there's footpath. But there's a lot of trees and a lot of park benches and a lot of places you can park motorcycles. 
And so you do see a lot of motorcycles parked there, out of the way of everyone. They're not in the way. They're not hindering anyone. But probably one day a month, a parking warden goes down there and you see a ticket with a rubber band around it attached to every single bike's handlebars. <laughs> but you park there for a week, a month, uh, you know, six months and not get anything. And then one day, every single bike gets a ticket. But don't Wellington Council um, openly hate motorcycles? Well, I don't know about openly, but it's pretty obvious they do. Yeah, so <laughs> so that's the news. For any more, do check out onthrottle.co.nz and check out the latest copy of Kiwi Rider. Make sure that you subscribe and that magazine will become free in your inbox every twice a month. And joining us on the show, somebody who I used to follow quite quite closely when I was a boy racer back in the day, uh, and surprised to hear that she's uh, on two wheels. New Zealand rally driver Emma Gilmore, welcome. Hello. Uh, Emma, you've been rallying for years and years and years and years and years. Um, back when you were Subarus, I used to follow you quite closely. Then you built a Suzuki. Your day job is selling <laughs> Suzukis, and now you're riding two wheels. What's going on? Yeah, um, well, I, it's actually where my, um, I suppose my love of gravel roads probably started was um, on two wheels. So, um, yeah, I, I started uh, dirt bike riding um, quite late, I guess, was um, sort of in my coming out 20, I guess. Um, Dad helped me get into it and um, and did a lot of uh, adventure riding and um, and a bit of trail riding as well. Um, I just loved the, I just loved being on two wheels. I, I had done horse riding and, um, and then I got into downhill mountain biking after I gave up the horses. But once I discovered um, basically a downhill mountain bike but with a motor um i was well and truly hooked so um yeah i love motorbikes and uh and i guess i've always had a had a love of motorbikes like dad's um been a keen rider all his life and so as a kid like a young young kid i was you know i'd ride pillion with him and stuff so i've always enjoyed the speed and and cornering and all those kind of things so um yeah i really enjoyed the trail riding um but yeah and then, then discovered rallying and a lot of a lot of skills crossed over um between the two um and just more recently, since I've been busy running a business here in Dunedin, um, I just haven't had the time or, or found the time to go riding, which is um, a disappointment because I, I do love it. Yeah, so you're running the um, Gilmore Motors uh, down in Dunedin on Princess Street, is it? Yes, well done, yeah. Um, yeah, we're the Suzuki um, dealership down in Dunedin. So um, so I own and run that on my own. just got a small team here, but um, keeps you pretty busy. And, and then probably just, you know, being busy with the rally team as well. So, you know, um, running and managing that, um, it doesn't leave a lot of spare time and then I'm probably also mindful that I'm not the best rider so um, I'm always worried about hurting myself when I do go out riding. <laughs> so Suzuki dealer you're selling the Swifts and the Belenos and the, you know the four-wheeled beasts how long till we see you know a V-Strom or something on your show? <laughs> no no McIver and Beach doing a great job uh, representing Suzuki in Dunedin so uh, yeah so no need for me to be doing that but um, I was I was out yesterday on my um, on my DR uh, 250. Um, it's pretty old wee bike now, but um, but Dad's modified it and made it a bit more comfortable for me to ride. So it's still a, a good wee bike, right? And this is what drew me drew my attention to the fact that you get out on two wheels. I saw a post where you got out with Birchy, old Chris Birch. Yeah, you know, if you are you going to get back on a bike after eight years, why don't you go and learn from the best? So um, exactly. Yeah, so, <laughs> so I went to um, one of his off road. Um, you know, skills courses yesterday at Tetri Park and um, and it was just amazing. It was, uh, it was. I suppose it's all that stuff you don't know what you don't know and, um, you know, and he really does just take it back to the basics and, um, 
you know, what he can do on a bike is just is just so impressive to watch. So being able to learn from the best and um, sort of just, yeah, I suppose really focus on those core skills um, then makes the whole riding experience that much more enjoyable. Exactly, exactly. Uh, so what's your what's your next outing on two wheels? Where, where, where to from here? <laughs> <laughs> I think I think my next outing will hopefully be somewhere a bit drier. It was pretty muddy out at Tetrick Park yesterday. The cars, the, the bikes took quite a lot longer to clean today, I think, than what we did riding yesterday. But um, yeah, maybe some uh, some dirt roads um, over uh, over on the Dunstan or something. Get out with some gravel roads would be good. So um, you know, I enjoy going riding with Dad. It's a it's a really nice um, way to spend your day together and um, and some other friends and relatives and stuff. You know, it's um, I think that's what I love about the bike riding which is similar to motorsport you know it's the people you meet and in the bits of the country you get to go out and see it's just you know we're so lucky here in New Zealand we've got some amazing riding so are you more of a trail rider or adventure rider what where, where do you where do you put put yourself is the um is the DR200 road registered it, 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 it was it's not at the moment but it was so um yeah so maybe we'll get it road registered again because I do I do like the adventure rides like I like the gravel roads and definitely I probably enjoy the trails but only if they're dry <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they can get a bit slippery. Maybe that's true of a few people. Maybe everyone's in the same boat as me on that. <laughs> and I saw you got up to Wanganui for a bit of a, a rally a week or two ago. Yeah, it was great. So um, we were ready to rally this season um, prior to, to COVID happening, and we had the, the car all set to go. I upgraded with a new engine over the off-season, and the championship, the New Zealand championship was ready to kick off um, in April with the Otago rally. But uh, that all got cancelled, and... Um, so I've left all the car up in the North Island and um, we've been doing a few club events. So got our first proper outing at Wanganui. Um, it was a rally sprint there and amazing bit of road. So it was, uh, yeah, it was good to be back driving. Outstanding. And where's the next big rally? Uh, I think our next event is an event coming up um, towards the end of August uh, in the Hoddle Road, which is near Otorohonga. Um, up in the Waikato so that'll be our next outing I think and then all going well um, will be maybe the Timaru rally at the end of September so just budget dependent we'll see how we go it's sort of a it's it's juggling things at the moment with business and budgeting and yeah and just just not knowing uh, you know with the, the uncertainty of COVID at the moment Outstanding well Emma Gilmore rally driver and adventure rider uh, thank you very much for taking the time to join us on the show we wish you well we'll be following you on two wheels and four and when we come down to South Island which is it's got to happen because there's a lot of people that want us to come down uh, we're going to hit you up and come for a ride it'll be awesome love to see you Rightio, to round off this episode, a bit of a debate. I saw a Facebook post recently, and I'll read you the post, but I won't tell you who it was by. Those of you with fuel-injected bikes, do you run 91 octane, 96 octane, 98? Uh, I've always run 98, but I'm wondering if it's a waste of money. Matt, before we dive into the comments, what do you run in Rosie? 91, because that's... Do you run 91 because that's what the book told you, or do you have other information? That's what the book told me, and yeah, basically, the like, it's occasionally nice to run um, a premium fuel through it, um, but it doesn't get you any gains. It's, if anything, the bike runs a little bit nicer, but the bike's tuned for 91 octane, so that's what I put in it. What about yourself with the MTS? I was kind of hoping we could get a bit... I was, I was kind of hoping we get a bit of a debate going on here, but uh, the funny thing is, I'm, I completely agree. Uh, I'll read through some of the comments here before I uh, have my say. Um, 95 and 98, 95 and 98 as well. I run 95 or higher. Uh, I run 95 on a regular basis, sometimes 98. Uh, whatever the manufacturer recommends, that's got seven uh, likes on that comment. Uh, agreed, I always run top shelf. Um, 
people there's a very big mix and there seems to be um uh it seems to be some false news it seems to th- i don't know what it is people think the higher the number the better the fuel well I, the higher the number the less chance your engine's gonna ping like pre-ignite but that's literally it's. But if your engine is tuned for 91, then it's going to be fine on 91, right? Yeah, it'll be fine on 91 or higher. Um, if you want to, you can run higher octane fuel. Um, when I had Rosie as a press bike, I put 95 in it. Um, but in general, any press bike I have, I put 95 in. I put premium fuel in, whatever's available, uh, because I don't want to put, say, 91 in a high-compression sports bike and hand it back with bent valves. <laughs> but if you got a high-compression if you got a high compression sports bike and in the book it said 91 octane, oh, I'd, what's what? why would you not? Would you? Or would you still put 95 in it? I suppose if I, it would probably depend on my riding. If I was absolutely thrashing the nuts off it, I'd probably run um, a higher octane. I wouldn't probably um, shell out for 98 octane, um, but I'd shell out for premium fuel just to reduce the uh, chances of um, pre-ignition when you're absolutely going for guts. Um, but, yeah. Okay, you know, I see, I see where you're going there. I mean, I the, the, the book for the MT-07 says 91, and I've always put 95 in it. I'll put, unless I pull up at a BP that doesn't have 95, and, and then it, it's got to be 98. I'll put 98 in it then. And I don't know why. Maybe it's because I come from, you know, old school Subarus, where you've, if you've got a turbo legacy. If you put 91 in them, they explode. Yeah, or they just <laughs> don't run. Like, I remember when I was really poor and a student, and I had a twin turbo legacy, and I did put 20 bucks of 91 in it, and it just... It it lagged and it farted around and it just didn't like to run. But then as soon as you put 95 or 98 in it, it ran sweetly again. And they really noticed the difference, even 95 to 98. Oh, heck yeah. Um, yeah, similar story with me. I had, when I was at uni, I had a 1991 New Zealand new legacy. It was a manual 2.2 litre non-turbo. Um, and the old bloke I bought it off filled it up with 91 before I bought it and it ran like a heap of shit. And once I got all that 91 out, chucked a tank of 95 in it, I think, and it just woke up. Um, but those vehicles are tuned for higher octane fuels. They're not meant to run on the uh, the dirty, cheap stuff. That's the thing. So Japanese cars of the 90s, uh, the lowest octane rating Jap- Japan sold was 110 octane. So you needed to get as high as you could in New Zealand. So if you're running a JDM car tuned for Japanese roads, you needed to get 98. Uh, one more story on cars. I had a WRX STI RA Limited. So it was a 99 WRX essentially. And I put a, e- a rebuilt engine into it and uh, an aftermarket computer. And that thing used to uh, it used to boost 21 PSI on 98 but I used to drive to Nelson quite a bit from Christchurch and there was no 98 in Nelson at all. So you'd have to fuel up in Nelson and as soon as you got out of Nelson and started boosting a bit, it would drop to about 9 PSI. <laughs> but as soon as I got back to Wellington and put 98 in it, it would go back up. So it it, it knew what it was running, obviously, to change the... Change the <laughs> or it was going into limp mode. Or, or limp mode, <laughs> one or the other. But yeah, bring it, let's bring it back to motorbikes. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I put, as I said, I put 95 in it but I don't notice a difference on the MT-07 whatsoever. That said, that's not tuned to within an inch of its life thrashing around the track. See, I see. as you actually ride your motorcycle, um, I just collect parts for mine. I reckon you should, your next tank of gas, put 91 in it 
and then following tanky gas 95 and see if there's actually any difference in the butt dyno and i'm betting you call it a five bucks you will notice no difference that's a fair point actually (laughs) okay i'm gonna do that i i fueled up i fueled up at bp this weekend um and i i completely brimmed the tank on 95 or maybe even 98 no it must be 95 it was 95 i'm gonna arrive for the next week on 95 next week or next time i have to put gas in we're gonna go complete tank of 91 and we're gonna do two things we're gonna, we're gonna check our fuel economy see how many k's we get and, and and that sort of thing and we're gonna go for the butt dyno and see if there's any change because i honestly if it says 91 in the books you use 91 you're wasting your money but then i'm being a hypocrite saying that because i use 95 yeah like i don't get any uh for me personally and to be honest i ride a 250 single i'm absolutely uh full throttle all the time i don't get any extra uh, fuel economy by running higher octane um because i'm just going for guts and i'm nearly 110 kilos on a little 250 um but yeah it's some people sort of swear by going on the uh, higher octane fuels they swear they get better fuel economy they get uh, more power uh, sounds better um yeah i yeah, let's see what happens with the MT. <laughs> let's put it at that. Brilliant. We'll leave it at that. Uh, this has been Kiwi Rider Podcast. Thank you very much for joining us uh, on this uh, uh another episode also don't forget to check out the brand new show on our channel uh, it comes out on tuesday so the standard krp is coming out on thursdays we've got the new show it's called high beam coming out on tuesdays now this is uh, in conjunction with our friends at bmw motorrad new zealand and we're celebrating 40 years of gs matt as well as the uh, the gs rally 2020 coming up in november now this this is going to be the 6th and the 7th of November. It's 300 kilometres of a mixture of gravel and sealed roads. Friday night, we want everyone to show up. We're going to have a couple of beers, a welcome meal. Saturday, we're going riding, 300 k's as I said. Then Saturday night, there's going to be a group dinner. It's going to be in Martinborough at the Rugby Club Rooms. And all you need to do is email gsrally at kiwirider.co.nz to pre-register. Now that's R-A-L-L-Y-E. That's the thing that caught me out, Matt, is an E on the end of rally. I'm not used to doing that. Is that a thing with motorcycles? It's a European thing, I think. It's something to do with the GS. Um, it caught me out as well because I did uh, last year's GS rally, uh, which was in Mangawai. And oh, like I was going hell for leather on the uh, G- G310 GS. Yeah, um, keeping up with a uh, KTM 950 Super Enduro. That was a cool bike to be following. And um, yeah, it was awesome, awesome stuff. I wish I'd actually gone a bit slower to enjoy the scenery because there was some epic, epic um, roads we went. And um, yeah, I was just enjoying skidding about a bit too much. So uh, yeah, this year I'm planning to be there. Are you going to be there, Ray? Yeah, man, this year is going to be my first year and I'm really, really looking forward to it. Don't know what I'm going to be riding. Can guarantee it won't be the MT-07, but um, <laughs> really looking forward to my first GS rally. Of course, I got the invitation last year along with you, but I couldn't go because I'd, I'd pre-organised to go and do a running event. Yeah, that was a bit stupid. It was. <laughs> it was. I'm not going to lie. So the 2020 GS rally, it's happening in Martinborough at the uh, rugby club rooms uh, in the mighty, what is it? The mighty wired uh, upper. There you go. All bikes are welcome too. You don't have to ride a GS. You don't even have to ride a BMW. You can ride any 
any motorcycle brand, uh, we'd love to have you along. So if you want more information, facebook.com forward slash GS Rally NZ. That's GS R A L L Y E N Z. There's all the information there. GS Rally at KiwiRider.co.nz is that email address to pre register again, November 6th and 7th. Uh, the episode that came out a couple of days ago, Tuesday, was the first edition of High Beam. We'd love you to listen to it. We talked to Paul Kane on his uh, 2016 BMW R1200 GS Adventure. Episode 2 is a very special one. Matt, you've been writing a very special episode for Episode 2. What, can you give us a bit of a sneak peek on it? Yeah, well, um, 40 years of GS, there's no better place to uh, really start talking uh, bikes than uh, the bike that started it all, the uh, R80G Slash S, because um, back then they had a slash in between for some reason. Um, GS standing for Galanderstrasse, uh, off-road street. Um, I believe it directly translates from German. And um, I'm not going to lie, man, like I've been sort of staying a head up trade me and staying to look at uh, Beamers because um, it's just so fascinating. And um, yeah, I've written a, a decent amount um, for this episode, but literally it is a rabbit hole. Um, it just goes on and on and on. Like, I, yeah, there's not enough time in the day to do a podcast and cover absolutely everything. So, um, yeah, this is the highlights about the R80GS, and um, I hope you like it. Outstanding. So every single week we're going to have a, uh, a scripted episode from Matt. Every other week it's going to be talking to somebody who owns and adventures on a GS bike. We're going to be talking to people like Dale Go over uh ken wilson a gentleman who's 81 years old by the name of Falker, uh who lives in hawks bay 81 years old he still rides a gs bike mat so we've got a whole lot of goodness it's coming up it's called high beam it's coming out on tuesdays along with our krp episode every thursday we hope you really uh, get amongst it and uh make sure you hit that like button and that subscribe button thank you to our mates at bmw motor Raid new zealand for uh for commissioning us is that what you'd say uh to to do the series i'm really looking forward to it oh so am i man and um yeah, sneak peek of uh, the stories I'm going to be coming up with, uh, hopefully in the next few weeks, uh, R100GS, which, um, well, we know a fair bit about that, thanks to our friends um, at Kiwi Rider Magazine because of the Red Baron. Um, and um, then we're going to take a look at the uh, F-Series of GSs, starting with the Funduros, which I hear are very popular machines. Yeah, a lot of the people we're interviewing started on a Funduro. Uh, so enjoy High Beam right here on the Kiwi Rider Podcast channel. Uh, there's one more thing we need to do, and that is finish with a dad joke. Now, we do get raked over the coals for not having good dad jokes. That's the thing about a dad joke. They're meant to be crap. But if you've got a good dad joke, we want to hear from you. We know they get emailed around. We know people share them and, and, and you know send them through on Facebook Messenger. Send them to us. Send them. You can message us directly on Facebook uh, through the Kiwi Rider Podcast Facebook page. Uh, you can even email us, podcast at kiwirider.co.nz. Um, Matt, have you had any good ones through this week? No, I haven't. I've just been having a gander and I have not come across anything. I've got one for you. I called my boss and asked if I could come in a little late. He said, dream on. I think that was really nice of him. <laughs> he didn't have one last week, so I think we need a double dad joke this week. I was watching an Australian cookery show and the audience clapped when the chef made a meringue. I was surprised as Australians normally boo meringue. <laughs> I actually like that one. That's brilliant. Hit that like button, hit that subscribe button and share this podcast with a writing buddy of yours. That'd be excellent. We'd love you for it. This has been Kiwi Rider Podcast. I've been Ray. I've been Matt. Keep that rubber side down, throttle on, and we'll catch you in seven days' time. <laughs>